Hello, everyone, and welcome to United Teachers of Lowell's Straight Talk podcast. This is Amy Bisson here with Mickey Dumont. We are the hosts of this weekly podcast produced by and for members of the United Teachers of Lowell. In our weekly podcast, you'll hear about local, state, and national issues that affect our members. You'll also hear about some of the accomplishments of our members, and we'll keep you up to date with news and decisions that impact all of us. The history of the American Industrial Revolution and the history of Lowell are deeply intertwined. Lowell's founding as the country's first planned industrial city cemented it as a magnet for technological innovators, capitalist investors, and industrious workers from New England and abroad. Those legacies, as well as present-day progress, are shared through education programs at the Songus Industrial History Center, the 27-year partnership between the University of Massachusetts Lowell's College of Education and Lowell National Historical Park, giving our students a sense of the wonderful history that surrounds us here in Lowell. The Songus Industrial History Center is a hands-on center where over 45,000 students and educators a year learn about the American Industrial Revolution through activities and tours of the sites where history and science happened. The mission of the Songus Industrial History Center is to inspire connections with and understandings about America's industrial past, present, and future through experiential learning using Lowell's unique resources. Today, we are privileged to chat with Kristen Gallus, Project Manager for Education Development at the Songus Industrial History Center. We are also joined by Lowell High School and UML graduate and new Songus Industrial History Center staff member, Saida Nizami. Kristen is an integral part of the team of educators who develop programs at the Songus Industrial History Center and is joining us today to help us all learn more about the center and program offerings for students and educators throughout the year. I'm here today at the Songus Industrial History Center uh, in the boot, and I'm here with Kristen Gallus and Seda, who was a Lowell Public School student but is now working in the Industrial History Center. And we're here to talk a little bit about um, some of the offerings that the History Center has and a little bit of the past history and how we came to be here in 2019. So Kristen, can you give us a little background about the partnerships and the, the history of how this all began? So the center was founded in 1991, um, years after the park was uh, was founded um, in, in 1977. And um, the whole idea of the founding of the center was that it would be a partnership between Lowell National Historical Park and the College of Education. So the park superintendent at the time, Cassandra Walter, and UMass Lowell Chancellor William Hogan brought together a team of uh, professors from the university, Lowell Public Schools, um, and the community to, uh, as well as the National Park Service, to create what we know today as the Songs Industrial History Center. That's terrific, and it, it's been such a resource that I can speak to personally, having taught third and fourth grade, and especially in third grade, having the rangers come into our classroom and then follow up with a visit to the center 
has been just terrific. Some of the best field trips I've ever, ever, ever been on. Well, we appreciate that, Amy, because <laughs> the center is unique to the National Park Service. There is no other partnership like it in all 400 plus units of wow. the National Park Service system. And that idea where we're creating um, this really dynamic partnership that brings together the um, academic and research expertise of the mm-hmm. university faculty and the resource hands-on based education of the National Park Service Rangers and to have part of a staff that is Park Service and bringing that expertise and part of the staff which is university is really a great opportunity to to blend our knowledge and our skills and we're really just here to serve students and teachers that is our focus we are um, student-centered learning uh, Absolutely. That, that's yeah. exactly what we do. We've done it for 27 years and it's evolved over 27 years. So as learning theory changes and as research on informal learning environments change, we real and of course the frameworks, which we'll get to in a few <laughs> minutes, uh, change. We really uh, try to keep abreast of those so that it's constantly evolving so that teachers who have taught in the low public school system or any school system for 15 years, every year they come, the program is a little bit different, a little bit better. There's new hands-on items, there's new activities. Um, It keeps it fresh for us, it keeps us uh, fresh for the teachers and even the students. Yeah, I can say that I think I came with third graders seven or eight years in a row, Mm -hmm. and it was always fresh and never stale, and it was clear that you were responding to constructivism and all of the theories that make the learning stick with our kids. So important to to know that's there. so this was a partnership with UML originally, mm-hmm. and I'm ashamed to say that I graduated from the College of Education and did not know of this program till I actually got into the low public schools. So it, it's it, been a little low profile. Yeah. Uh, we've kind of slid under the radar for a long time, and, and it's interesting that when we ask people, um, "Oh, have you been to the Songhees National History Center?" They'll say no, and then we say, "Well, have you been on a field trip to the Lowell Mills?" And hands go yes. up. <laughs> so you know, being named for Paul Songhees and being called an Industrial History Center is is not as uh, recognizable, I think, mm-hmm. as what people associate with where we are. Yeah. Um, I think if you just said we're the boot mill. They don't yeah, recognize yeah. It. Um, and as far as the university, um, we're, we're gaining profile in the university. Um, Chancellor Maloney is very familiar with what we do. Um, the dean of the College of Education um, is, is very um, great about promoting what we do, our research partnerships with her faculty, as well as having student interns. Mm-hmm. Um, it's growing. We work with the College of Engineering, the College of Arts and Sciences, as well as the College of Education. So it's it's nice that we have a variety of students and faculty that come to us, include us in, including us in their research projects. Yeah. And I really am impressed that you respond to the demand for STEM and engineering-based mm-hmm. uh, field trips with all of the things that you're doing. And of course, it's a natural fit. It is, and that's the great thing about industrial history. It's industrial and it's history. (laughs) And so when the new STEM frameworks came out, was it four years ago maybe, Mm -hmm. we really made a concerted effort to say, this is a science field trip, and here's how we're going to meet your frameworks that you need to do um, in your classroom. And, and that's been really successful for us. And, and actually now, low public schools are coming to us specifically for 
science field trips now, not just the history field trips. That's terrific. That's yeah. great news. Yeah, so they're low, in arrangement with the low public schools, students, uh, if they stay here all of their high school, uh, school career, um, they come to us in third, fourth, fifth, seventh, and eighth. Uh, for a mix of history and science programs, never repeating the same program twice. Wow, that's that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, you also mentioned to me at some point, probably offline, that you have some interns from little high school that come. So we do host um, what used to be called externs, but are now Lowell high school. Uh, pathways internships program, and so students from di- the different pathways. Um, are required to do internships in professional settings. And so this year we have two students uh, from the Pathways program who are working with us on some research and oral history interviews uh, for members of different uh, migrant groups that have come to Lowell recently. And so they're doing research on those um, uh, migrant cultural groups as well as conducting oral histories. That that sounds like such a fascinating thing to be doing, especially as high schoolers. with such a diverse uh, student body and learning about other cultures and ethnicities is so important. Yeah, so we we came up, we the staff came up with a selection of um, groups, uh, immigrant groups and refugee groups that we thought would be relevant. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the students were able to pick the groups that they um, knew somebody in their circle of life who belonged to one of those groups. So they have one student picked Haiti because they have a friend who's Haitian. And so that way they'll be able to interview their friend instead of a stranger, uh, which we thought was really cool. You also mentioned a few minutes ago that there are other programs for each grade level. Can you talk a little bit about what that is like specific? Um, how many programs do we have, Seda? There's a lot. Um, uh, Yankees, workers, yeah. power production, um, change in the making, change in the making, available, engineer, IW, IW, RAC. Uh, we have eight different programs that cover the the gamut of history, specifically history of the Industrial Revolution, immigration, labor, but also the science we were talking about. So the the physics of of hydropower Mm -hmm. um, and also engineering and environmental history. Uh, So we have two two really interesting programs that deal with environmental history and environmental pollution uh, that are key to the new science frameworks. Um, And all these programs, uh, you can view uh, them on our website, which is uml.edu slash songus. And there's videos on the website so you can see students actually engaging in these programs um, and how much fun um, they're having. And, you know, they look like they're having fun, which is great, and that's the whole purpose, but there's learning actually happening. And we, um, over the last couple of years, have done a program, uh, a project that we're calling the Experiential Learning Project, Mm -hmm. because we say in our, our mission statement that we do experiential learning, but we never defined that. So the last two years, we've gone through um, a project with our staff internally and advisors from the university, and we actually came up with a, a seven-point definition of what experiential learning is. And we're using that framework to both develop and assess new activities. Um, so our framework is active, minds-on, sensory, fun, collaborative, affective and inspirational. And we've defined behaviors for what it looks like when students are doing those, and then the behaviors that our teachers, our staff have to do to elicit those behaviors from students. So it's really looking at sort of that outcome-based, like mm-hmm. what is the what is the 
evidence that learning is happening. Sure. And so, you know, the evidence of fun might be smiling, <laughs> um, but we also define fun as the freedom to play and be creative. So, you know, that might also be working independently on something mm -hmm. and getting frustrated, but the fact that you're able to, to try to take it apart and rebuild it and take it apart and rebuild it, that's that being yeah. creative and, part and, and playing. And scientific. And well. scientific, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, but they also, collaborative is a really important part yes. of what we do. It's not just collaborating among students, but collaborating between our staff and the students um, and working as a, a learning unit in that way. Uh -huh. um, and uh, sensory, of course, deals with uh, all of the visual and tactile stimulation that we have here in, in the historic resources. Um, and uh, we really want to be um, affective in, in getting students to connect with people from the past mm -hmm. um, and the experiences that they might have had as, as maybe immigrants or mill girls coming here. Um, and so allowing students to be able to react in emotionally in certain ways is important to us as well. Yeah, there's so much that goes into these programs that isn't really visible all the time. Well, that, that's just it. I mean, teachers come here, they bring the students for four hours, everybody has a great time, yeah. they learn something, they go away, but in the, and they, they write their evaluations and they say, you know, this program is the great, it was the best thing we've ever had. And meanwhile, we're all going, how can we make this better? Yeah. How can we make this yeah. better? And we're constantly, looking at how we can make things better, how we can make them more student-centered, and how we can train our staff to understand what it means to do that. Yeah. Um, and that's really important. It's very purposeful. It's very purposeful, mm. absolutely. Yeah, wow. And that's what makes it such a strong program and such a great field trip. Thank you. So, you know, I'm, I'm one of those ones that You're the converted already, yeah. <laughs> Best field trip I ever was on. So yeah. that's our new, that's our hashtag that we current, we, we ask teachers to tag us when they do social media's ah, best terrific. field trip ever. Yeah. Because that's what we, we hear so much from, from students and teachers is that it was their best field trip ever. And yeah. so we encourage folks to use that hashtag. As a, a Lowell teacher, now a Lowell resident, I think it's so important to have our, our kids and our citizens understand the, the rich history of this place. It's just mind-blowing that you can walk in the same place that there were mill girls uh, or go up the same staircase and you're huffing and puffing and they're going up and down it several times a day. Right. With a time limit, right. you know, there's just so much to appreciate here. And I think that that's what drives us. You know, I think the founders of this center and definitely of the park were, were really about building community mm. investment in the historic resources and in the stories. But what's important to remember about the center is that we get visitors from all over the Merrimack Valley, yes. from central, western, and southern parts of the state, from southern New Hampshire, from Maine. We have schools that come from New York, wow. Connecticut, yeah. um, and we even have uh, several teachers from as far away as California who, when are, they're making their sort of, you know, journeys, history, field trips to the East Coast, they include us um, because they know about us or they've been a teacher at one of our National Endowment for the Humanities summer workshops and mm -hmm. they see the value in what we do and how it fits with their curriculum. So that is really rewarding for us is to see yes. how how important we are in connecting to other people's curriculum and other people's stories that it's not just a lowell story that 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 lowell is as important to american history 
um, and to world history as it is to us. Yeah, wow. Let's back up a little bit and talk about some of those opportunities like the National Endowment mm -hmm. and the summer program for um, educators, and then maybe talk a little bit about some of the other all-year-round programs that are available to uh, students in particular throughout Massachusetts. Sure. So our main offering, what we do, what we spend probably, I don't know, 80% of our effort on is our school field trips. When students sure. come here. We <laughs> had about 45,000 students a year wow. uh, come yeah. here. Um, and it's amazing that we can serve up to 400 students a day. And you would never realize that we could, we, you know, yeah. could do that. But 400 students a day can have an amazing experience in here. Um, and, uh, and we also do after-school programming for Lowell Public Schools. So this uh, year we're in the McAuliffe School and the Green Knowledge School. So you go to their we sites. We go to their sites for the after mm -hmm. part of the um, 21st extended century. day, 21st mm -hmm. century grants. Um, and, of course, our summer camps um, are as, as another piece of our offerings. And then the teacher professional development that we do. So we've mm -hmm. got our hands on lots of, lots of pots. And we see ourselves as really a kind of a... A 360 service opportunity for mm -hmm. schools and however we can touch the, that formal learning environment in whatever way um, is, is important to us. Upcoming programs, uh, can you talk a little bit about what you have planned for the future? Sure, we have um, our summer camps, which are always popular and super fun. Um, we had an evaluation that we did uh, over the winter that Seda was responsible for, and like the number one people reason that you know parents are sending their students uh, to our summer camps and why campers want to come is because they have fun. They have fun with our staff. They know the activities are going to be great. They know that the kids are going to be organized and, and well supervised. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would encourage folks to go to our website and register for our camp. Seda, why don't you tell us about our summer camp offerings? Okay, so we're offering um, five weeks of summer camp. Um, two of the weeks are this is the same summer camp, the most popular summer camp, which is Eco Explorers, mm -hmm. which is it's a science based camp. So we're offering that two 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 out of the five weeks, and the other three weeks are um, what are the other camps? I, <laughs> National I Parks Adventure. National Parks Adventure Boot Mill. Boot Mills Camp, and then um, Discovery Camp. So we hope that people attend the camps and register. Um, we will have the registration form online shortly. So we hope that people come and register. And Seda, is it open to anybody? Oh, it's open um, to the age groups. The age group for the, I mean, the age range for the campers is, I think, 8 to 13. That's what they And I can say that I see them sometimes in the summer out in the boarding house area, <laughs> mm -hmm. and they look like they're having a terrific time. Oh, yeah. So. Kids, kids here have a blast, whether they come to the summer camp or they come to the field trips. I've been, I'm relatively new here, so I've been observing programs. So I, you can always see kids having, like a, they have like so much fun here. Yeah. I know in the summer, I wish I could leave my office and go play with the campers <laughs> in the park sometime. <laughs> well, they do look like they're having a terrific time, mm -hmm. so maybe maybe they'll let you sneak maybe. out. <laughs> um, and also in the summer, you talked about PD for teachers. Right. So our main teacher professional development opportunity is our National Endowment for the Humanities Annual Summer Workshop. This year's summer workshop is titled The Lowell Experience, Social Movements and Reform in Industrializing America. Wow. Yeah, so it sounds weighty, <laughs> but actually what we're doing is we're we're looking at um, the different types of social movements in, in labor, women, mm -hmm. um, the environment, the transcendentalists, and how that sort of flowed in and out of the history of Lowell. Um, it's really 
a part of it just as much as the machinery. Exactly, exactly. So the adoption of the machinery, the rejection of the machinery, right, um, and the people who are operating the machinery. So really, really looking at sort of the human aspect of it. And that's a week-long experience. We're offering two a week long, and you can have option of taking um, either June 23rd through 28th or July 14th through 19th. And of course, there's a stipend that goes with it because it's sponsored by the National Endowment for the Humanities, and it's open to all K-12 teachers, mm -hmm. administrators um, at public, charter, independent, parochial schools, homeschool teachers, also librarians, um, curriculum developers, and other uh, school personnel. So um, we really encourage folks to apply to it. The deadline will have passed by the time this airs, but next summer we've applied for uh, a, a grant as well, so I'd encourage folks to check, Keep check back our, yeah. uh, on our website and, and um, apply for next summer. We have a lot of teachers in the local public school system who have attended our NEH workshops. We actually have a really great following. We have hundreds of teachers around yeah. the country. Yeah, some of the people I spoke to on the phone when I was making calls to make sure people completed the applications, there are people from like all over the country, from like oh. different states that you wouldn't even imagine like have heard of us. Like it's like astonishing to me because I grew up in Lowell and I've been on these field trips and as a student and now seeing them like working here, like it's amazing to see like so many people have heard of us. Yeah, it would, I, when you're in the middle of it, you think, mm -hmm. okay, I'm from Lowell, okay, <laughs> but it really is a unique and fascinating. Place to be mm -hmm. from and to learn about. Exactly. And um, I will show you about an, another upcoming um, teacher to professional development opportunity that we have. Um, this is the second time that we've been able to partner with the Center for Asian American Studies at the uh -huh. university. Um, and Dr. Sue Kim and Dr. Pitsumai Oi um, have uh, put together this grant called Engaging Southeast Asian Families and Community in Your Classroom. And so the professional development is for Lowell teachers, so mm -hmm. public school teachers as well as um, the, the charter and parochial schools in the city. Um, and we're going to be talking about how you can engage family members of, of Southeast Asian students um, and members of the Southeast Asian communities in your classroom to enhance lessons, to learn more about um, the Southeast Asian community and their traditions and their history uh, as part of the learning experience in your classroom. Wow, what, what a great opportunity. Now, what are the details on this? So the just... details on that is Saturday, March 23rd um, from 9 a.m. to 3.30, we are leading the first of two sessions. That one's for elementary and middle school teachers. Okay. On Saturday, May 4th, we'll be focusing on middle and high school teachers. So if you're a middle school teacher, you can attend one of the two. Um, so the, 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 the first one is March 23rd, and that's for elementary and middle school teachers. Second one, May 4th, for middle and high school teachers. Um, we're just trying to uh, structure the... Sure, the, it's different. It's, yeah, it's different in, in, in the resources to, to reach um, lesson plans that we'll be sharing. And how would someone who is interested in participating get in touch or get in line? <laughs> so our friend Marty Cohen and oh, yes. Patty Myers yeah. um, at the central office will be sending out a flyer to the schools through the probably through the content um, specialists mm -hmm. um, and the department heads uh, but also the staff can go to the uh, Sangha Center's website or the Center for um, Asian American Studies website at the university um, for a link to the registration and you I will send you the link that Perfect. you can put on your webpage. <laughs> sure there's a link to that. Yes, for, uh, I don't have that. the URL yeah. committed to memory. <laughs> no worries. All right. Uh, anything else that's upcoming that you'd like to 
as your listeners will know, the uh, Department of Elementary and Secondary Education adopted new social studies frameworks last year. And this school year was supposed to be the like, get to know the frameworks, decide what you're doing, and then implement them in the 2019-2020 school year. Well, from my communications with a lot of districts, they still don't know what they're doing. And that's a little bit vexing for us because we're trying to respond to teachers' needs. Um, With the restructuring of the social studies frameworks, um, it has changed uh, where certain topics are, Mm -hmm. especially immigration and migration. Um, Currently, our program called Yankees and Immigrants, uh, which is our most popular program by far, it's booked every day from September to June. Um, is is the fourth grade. Yes. But now they've changed it, and there's a little tiny bit left in fourth grade, but most of it's been moved to second grade. And so... To second grade? Second grade. Oh, my goodness. I (laughs) ask myself every day, why were they doing that when they moved immigration to second grade? Um, But we're we're confident that uh, the the program that that we're thinking about um, that will specifically address themes of community Mm -hmm. and what makes a community strong and who's part of a community and how does a community grow and change will will address the frameworks at an appropriate level. So we're actually working with the district's content specialist um, Mm -hmm. at the elementary level. Uh, Later in the spring, we're going to form a group of um, teacher advisors from other districts who come to our programs to help us figure out exactly what it's going to look like. We've actually road tested one second grade program so far, and we realized that four hours is too long. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were troopers, but four hours was way too long. So this means a, a shift in how we do our programs sure. because everything else we do is four hours long. So that's going to be a shift for us and just our logistics, um, but also the content. So uh, we hope to um, have middle of the fall, probably November next year, a prototype uh, to sort of put on the floor. And we're looking for teachers who are interested in bringing oh, their second grade yeah. writers here next fall and winter. To, um, to test it out with us um, so they can they can email me if they're interested and uh, and so we really want to create something that's going to meet the frameworks and the teachers needs after that how we continue to meet the frameworks at the elementary level is is a little unclear to yeah. us because the third rate has shifted which frameworks have shifted to more civics which doesn't really cover yes. local history it's more local yeah. government so that's not really fitting what we have currently fourth grade is different so we might not be getting the fourth graders for immigration and fifth grade is actually changed to which is good because it now incorporates industrial history again (laughs) so so we will have hopefully more fifth graders coming for industrial history uh and then eighth grade is now the civics and i think if eighth grade teachers work with us, contact with us, go with us, um, they'll realize that our programs have a lot more civics in them than at first sight. Uh Uh, So our program called Workers on the Line, which deals with labor issues, has a lot of civics content in it. Um, So we're really looking at our programs and how can we adapt. So for those eighth graders, what can we pull out that's that civics content that'll give them a different perspective on on the history. Very challenging. Very challenging, but we're up to it. Our yeah. our staff is uh, is is really top notch, and and we don't do anything in a vacuum. Um, we really rely on teacher input to to help us, as well as um, our colleagues at the university have been super helpful. That's terrific. That's all great stuff. Uh, anything else coming up? I I would I would add that 
Our colleagues at the Lowell National Historical Park are doing some really amazing community programming. Mm -hmm. um, if you are bummed of the fact that you're an adult and never got to come on a field trip to the Songhees Industrial History Center, you can join um, some of our interpretation colleagues on the weekends who are using our weave room space um, and our water room space and our engineering space to do their own programming. Awesome. So <laughs> keep an eye on Lowell National Historical Park's either Facebook page or, um, or, or website calendar uh, to see how you can participate in some of those hands-on programs and they're also doing some really interesting um, community-based dialogue programs as well mm -hmm. so uh, keep your eye on on that terrific well thank you both thank you for, thank you for sitting down and chatting with us um, I know we talked a little bit about the shutdown were there teachers well there were teachers obviously that were impacted what's the best advice that you might give them if their field trip was unfortunately postponed or canceled. Well, the wonderful thing about our team was that we were on top of everything every day of the shutdown. Um, because we were university staff members, although our park colleagues weren't working, Seda, myself, um, our director, Sheila Kirschbaum, uh, and others were on top of contacting teachers sure. every day and the teachers were so accommodating and understanding we've rebooked what 90 I think yeah I think nine percent yeah so it sounds like almost yeah. everybody has already been in touch yes oh yeah we yeah. were in touch on a daily basis and we have spreadsheets and everything <laughs> um, so I think we've rebooked almost everybody who wanted to be or could be rebooked mm -hmm. um, we added extra programs extra program days we've doubled up on programs to create opportunities for those to happen. Um, I think maybe only one or two had to be canceled because there was just no way to fit It wouldn't fit in like their curriculum because they'd be like finished mm -hmm. with the semester and oh, they were see. moving on so like some people just like just they wouldn't be they just didn't yeah. want to they didn't want to reschedule. Yeah. So but mostly everyone who wanted to be rescheduled has been rescheduled. That's and true. if you if you are listening to this and you haven't been rescheduled, <laughs> please contact us. <laughs> All right, good advice. All right, thank you thank both you. Kristen and Seda. Yeah. for sitting down with us today and telling us a little bit about the offerings of the Songus Industrial History Center. Thank you. Thank All you. Right. Thanks to Kristen and Saida for sitting down with us today. What a terrific resource for telling our community history and for enhancing understandings of science and STEM topics through exploration sparking engagement of our students. If you're interested in learning more about the Songus Industrial History Center's offerings, we encourage you to explore some of the links on our podcast website. That's www.utl495-straighttalk.com. And we also uh, encourage you to contact the Industrial History Center directly at www.uml.edu slash songas, T-S-O-N-G-A-S. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. We welcome your general comments and your feedback. If you have suggestions for a future podcast, or if you're aware of a UTL member who might be willing to share experience and expertise, send us an email. We will be back with another podcast episode in another week. Until then, this is Amy Bisson with Nikki Dumont, and we wish you a great day.